And speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 17 and to Paul's address to the men of Athens delivered at the Forum on Mars Hill. Paul had previously debated with some of these men in the marketplace, and because he was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection, they took him to the forum at Mars Hill and asked him to explain to them this new religion. So Paul begins his address by referring to one of their gods. He says to them, I see in every way that you are very religious, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown god. Now, what you worship as something unknown I'm going to proclaim to you. Paul is going to tell them that this unknown God is a God of creation, revelation, and judgment. Mystery, a mystery, but help me. 
Paul presents Jehovah God to the Athenians. He presents him as the God who made the world a personal creator, in contrast with the views of pantheistic Stoicism. He then tells these men that all people are of one family, whether Athenians or Romans, Greeks or barbarians, Jews or Gentiles. God planned the exact times when nations should emerge or decline, and the place where they should live. He also planned the specific area to be occupied by each nation. He is God the designer. Things were not left to chance as the Epicureans thought. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The Apostle Paul, a lone little Jew, finds himself in the center of the world's culture and learning in his time in Athens, Greece. It's probably A.D. 51. He has been asked to present his ideas to the Areopagus, the court, in charge of educational and moral matters. He speaks. His manner is courteous, his tone is conciliatory. His message is firm, clear, simple, and to the point. He begins by saying, I see that in every way you are very religious, for as I walked around and observed your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Several ancient inscriptions in Athens mention altars to an unknown god, although such an altar has not been found. Just what the Athenians meant by an unknown god isn't certain. Perhaps a misfortune had taken place, or a good fortune, that they didn't know which god was responsible for, so they built an altar to that unknown god. Or, Perhaps an altar had been partially destroyed and the inscription on it lost, so a new inscription was incised, but the name of the god had been forgotten, so it read, To an Unknown God. Or, since the Athenians had some 30,000 gods, it might be easy to miss one. To make sure they wouldn't miss any, they built an altar to one that they might have missed, to an unknown god. Paul needed to counter the idolatry of the Athenians. So without mentioning idolatry specifically, he paints a picture of Jehovah God. The description is so cosmic, so universal and grand and glorious that any thought of other gods must be summarily and immediately dismissed. I believe this to be Paul's strategy. God is so vast and big and grand and transcendent that any thought of the existence of other gods is ludicrous. That's the conclusion he wanted these Athenians to come to. I find something tremendous in that point. A true view of God will settle the problem of idolatry and 
most other spiritual problems too. A well-known pastor said in my hearing that every problem in the Christian life could somehow be traced to an incomplete or faulty concept of God. That's where it all begins. What's your God like? We need to train ourselves from the self-revelation of God in the Bible to think of God in the most lofty terms. That will take care of a lot of spiritual problems. How big is your God? That's a question with very practical implications. The book title reads, Your God is Too Small. This same pastor said that we have lost the proper concept of God. So Paul presents to these idol worshipers a great big God. The nature of God argues forcefully against idolatry. Now, what does Paul say about Jehovah God? He makes primarily three points. Number one, that the true God, the only God, is the creator of all things. Creation is point number one. Number two, that this God revealed himself. That is, he can be known. He is not unknown like this Greek God to whom this altar was dedicated. So revelation is point number two. And number three, that it was this God who is man's judge. Judgment is point number three. Now, let's look at the God of creation first. Here is Paul speaking to Greek scholars, to the best that human wisdom could offer, to the world's intelligentsia. This audience was made up of cultured pagans. These Greeks regarded the physical universe as eternal, not created. So Paul states the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. Matter is not eternal. Matter came into being by God. This material universe was created by him, and he is its Lord. That is, he sustains it. Then Paul must have looked up to the Acropolis where the temple stood and with a wave of the hand said, God does not live in temples built by hands. While their deities could be localized, not so Jehovah God. He is not governed by laws that govern material things. The Athenians could manipulate their gods because they were fashioned in man's image. But God could not be manipulated. He wasn't fashioned in man's image. Now Paul extends God's creation not only to the material universe generally, but to the human race particularly. From one man he made every nation. All humans descended from one common pair. The Athenians prided themselves in their belief that they were not imported. They didn't migrate from somewhere. They sprang from their native soil, from Attica. Therefore, they were superior to all other races. All others were barbarians. They were racially superior. So Paul counters that belief. All men and nations originated from one creation of God. No one race is superior to any other. So the first point is creation. The second is revelation. This God revealed himself in and through creation. Paul developed that idea in Romans 1. 
Of course, he made himself known also through the prophets, the Bible, and finally through Jesus Christ. But the point Paul wants to make is this. Why did God make himself known? The answer is in Paul's words here, so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Man could not have discovered God. Since sin entered the human race, man has no ability to find God on his own. That's why all the gods are no God. They are simply creations of men. That's the best man can do. Those are the only gods he has the ability to create. But God Jehovah is different. And in order for man to be able to discover him, he made himself known. I must stop at this point today, but that's a tremendous point Paul makes. I'll come back to it tomorrow. God was interested in man so much so that he wanted man to know him. His greatest revelation of himself was in Jesus. Jesus, we What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.